Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz. I'm your host, Chase Johns. We're back at it. Couple days after Christmas. I uh, hope everybody had a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and whatever holidays you guys celebrate. You guys are watching this video. You guys are listening to this. Like, subscribe, share, do whatever you can uh, to get the word out on this one. This should be a good one. The rundown for today's episode we're going to look at this Russell Wilson situation that's going on in Denver because stuff is getting pretty steamy right now. Uh, don't want to miss that. We're going to talk about that first then we're going to talk about some clinching scenarios for week 17 along with the playoff picture because things are getting heated up in both conferences it's going to get fun with that one and then we're going to take a look at some of the top week 17 games because there are some spicy matchups on saturday and sunday and it's it's going to be a fun episode to say the least but you know if you are if you are listening if you're watching uh you know like the video like the audio subscribe do the whole thing there we appreciate all the support and everything that's going on if you're listening to us on the running through the jungle network uh you know give us a five star rating we appreciate it we're giving out new content you know every single week um but yeah to start this thing off last week week 16 was a crazy week a lot of teams uh were surprised a lot of teams had some had some big time wins and when it comes to the playoff scenario race huge stuff uh, as a Bengals fan not a great week last week not a great saturday but we move forward moving forward a, a story that took place in the news today the the center stage of the national football league it wasn't any playoff scenarios or clinching scenarios because we'll be talking about that you know all that's going to be you know coming on the Thursday night football game with the Cleveland Browns which have a couple of clinching scenarios uh in that one against the New York Jets and then we got Saturday and Sunday but you're looking at Russell Wilson a team with you know I mean Russell Wilson the quarterback of the Broncos for now for now I, I must add um his future is uncertain very, very uncertain. And with the shocking development of Wilson being benched for Jared Stidham, raised eyebrows all over the place. Apparently, Jared Stidham is the AFC West Grim Reaper because he started last year the last two games for Derek Carr and it sent Derek Carr to the sideline purgatory and to issue a statement to saying, get me out of Vegas. Get me out of here. He went to the NFC South, playing with the Saints, and they have a huge game this weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sorry, I stumbled the words there. 
Russell Wilson started off one and five this year. The first, let me think, 17 plus six, 23 games of Russell Wilson's Broncos career, he was six and 17. There were other, I understand, you know, other quarterbacks played in those games, uh, you know, in 2022 as well. But under that umbrella of, of games, Russell Wilson, the Broncos were not good. They're not a great football team right now, but they're seven and eight. Made improvements that many people thought they would make. They started one and five this year. They lose a tough one to the New England Patriots, a team that is not that good. But Bill Belichick and those guys play spoiler. They definitely do. They did it a couple weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night football game where no one thought they'd win. They scored seven points in two weeks. I didn't know touchdowns in their vocabulary, but enough on the Patriots. But, you know, the only one of the only bright spots the Broncos have had this entire season has been Russell Wilson. Ever since they got their defense got cooked. 50 burgers, one thing, but a 70 sandwich, a 70 sub sandwich. I don't even know. They got destroyed against the Dolphins. We all know that week three. It was a long time ago. The league's a different place now, 14 weeks later. Russell Wilson, 3,070 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 66% completion percentage, the seventh highest passer rating in the National Football League at a 98 passer rating. He's done everything he could. Jerry Judy's been in the news. Cortland Sutton's been great. They've had receivers going in and out as a third, the third option. Running backs, they got the run game going later on to help out Russell Wilson when they got on that win streak. They went from one and five, and before Christmas, actually, I'll even put it back before this Lions game, they were seven and six. They went six and one in that time frame. They lose to the Lions in a tough one. The Lions were playing really good football, and they lose to the Patriots on Christmas Eve. Not a great morning for Denver fans waking up on Christmas Day, reminding them of the loss they had to the Rams by like 37 points the year before. Nonetheless, but then there's more news that Russell Wilson's going to be released in March. This goes up into the conversation for worst contract and worst trade ever. If that's the case, if this is how the Russell Wilson era ends, because it went from five wins to seven wins, the third year in Russell Wilson, nine wins, potentially you make that two win jump each year. There you go. He's in a seven year. Actually look at the contract terms. It's technically a five year contract. His contract terms, I'm reading this off of sportstrack.com. They have, you know, they all, they have all the, the contract breakdowns and everything. They, they, they do a really good job. Last year, Russell Wilson's base salary was $2 million. His signing bonus was $10 million. His roster was $5 million. His cap hit was 17 The dead cap went goes down each and every year. $124 million last year. He made $57 million last year, $28 million this year, dead cap $107 million. It's a lot of money. 
His contract terms are five years, $242.5 million with a $50 million signing. God, wow. 50, just think 50 million for writing your name in cursive is insane to say the least. That's Shohei Otani. Average salary, $48 million. He's a free agent in 2029. 2024 is in less than a week. That's a half decade from now when he's an unrestricted free agent. He'll be 41. But from the news that's come out, they might just cut him in March and let him go somewhere else. And they're going to just eat the dead cap. The potential out for him when it looks like this contract is 2026, four years, $161 million, and a $31 million dead cap. But they might just let him out now. Basically, this just said, Denver, we screwed up. We did a terrible job. We made a good quarterback, a terrible contract offer, who was 34 years old coming off of an injury. And we said, we're going to believe in you, throw all the entire bag at you, and we're going to get you Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach because we didn't think we were going to get you. We thought we were going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson was not the first option for Denver, without a doubt. I think a lot of people have kind of pieced that together because Nathaniel Hackett goes to New York, and what happens? They get Aaron Rodgers over there. The trade. Oh, oh God. Broncos fans, man. I I I don't want to burst bubbles or anything like that. I really don't. I, I don't have many problems with Broncos fans at all. I don't. But if you want to hear what all the, tr- uh, oh God. I mean, if, if you're a Broncos fan, you should probably turn this thing off right now. Because if you're looking at what the Broncos received in this trade, and what the Seahawks received. Whew, it's, it's, it's going to be a long night. The Broncos received Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth-round pick. Ayoma Awuziorke. I don't even know if I pronounced his name right, but what's he doing? Okay. That's all they received. A fourth-round pick, and they're going to cut this man Russell Wilson in a couple months. What did the Seahawks receive? A 2022 first and second and fifth round pick and a 2023 first and third round pick. Those players came out as Charles Cross, starter. Devon Witherspoon, starter. Boy Mafe plays quite a bit. Derek Hall plays quite a bit. Tyreek Smith, going to play. Noah Fant. Tied in on the roster, plays. Shelby Harris, plays. Drew Locke beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Broncos fans, man, it's rough. It is rough right now. And I don't even know what other way to tell. Uh, hey, I, I could say at least you're not Cleveland, but Cleveland's winning with Joe Flacco. That's all. Yeah, he, Jared Stidham is not Joe Flacco. Jared Stidham's not like 40 years old. Jared Stidham is just your figurative grim reaper of AFC West quarterbacks. Your only hope is that maybe he goes to the Chargers or the Chiefs and basically says, hey, Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert, your time's up. 
but that won't happen. We already know. All right. So let's look at this playoff picture, okay, and all these clinching scenarios. I want to read down this playoff picture list real quick. I got to look at the monitor over here. Um, So the Ravens and the Dolphins are the only two teams that have clinched in the AFC so far, the one and the two. Uh, the Ravens haven't clinched a division yet, and the Dolphins haven't either. No one's no one's clinched any divisions yet in the AFC. The three seed, the Chiefs, they lost to the Raiders this past week. Um, they, you know, they can't get the one seed. They lose this Sunday. They can't get the two seed either. And stuff's going to get really spicy when it comes to that because they might not even win their division at that point if they don't win Sunday against Cincinnati. Praying for that one. Fours, the Jaguars. The Jaguars are holding on. They are holding on for dear life. They were at eight and three at one point, had a two-game lead over two teams in that division, the Colts and Texans, and now that gap is closed. They're all those all those three teams are eight and seven. There are major issues in Jacksonville right now, and it's reminding me of the 2008 Denver Broncos. I don't want to keep beating that drum because if, if any Broncos fans remember that season, oh my, it uh, it ended terribly. We're gonna have the wild card. The Browns are the five seed. The Browns are basically gonna make the playoffs. We we know that they're ten and five. They play the Jets on Thursday night football. This should be an easy dub. They'll probably end up getting to. They might end up getting twelve wins. They they really might because the Bengals can't beat anybody in their division. I don't understand the whole thing, and I'm not going to try to figure that out. So there's still a chance for the Browns to even win the division and even get the one seed. But you know, and it's it's not unrealistic. But if the Ravens take care of business, they're gonna wrap up the division in the one seed. If the Browns were to lose somehow to the Jets tomorrow, then the Ravens would wrap up the division. The Bills, the sixth seed. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo's just got to keep winning. That's all it is. If And we'll talk more about scenarios, but Buffalo just got to keep winning. They just got to keep that thing going. The Colts, the seven, eight and seven. They're holding on by a thread. Absolute thread. They have a huge game against the Raiders this week. The eight seed, Texans. Texans got to win. Texans just got to keep winning. That's their only mantra right now. And hope that other things happen. Right now, the Steelers are ahead of the Bengals. The Steelers and Bengals have about the same odds, um, you know, going forward. The Steelers had the Seahawks and the Ravens coming up. The Bengals have the Chiefs and Browns. Got to go on the road uh, to play the Chiefs this weekend. Huge one. So that'll be interesting. The Seahawks and the Steelers play each other at 405. We'll talk more about that game. Uh, the Raiders are the eleven. The Raiders have an interesting one because the Raiders could beat the Colts and then they could beat the Broncos the next week against Jared Stidham, who was their quarterback last year that ended their car era. And they could be nine and eight. And that could get, I think it already gives Antonio Pierce his job that they beat the Chiefs this past week, but that could almost solidify that and they could almost make the playoffs. And the Broncos, they've given up. They've given up. So that's that's what you got there. Um, And then on the NFC side, Four teams have already spoken for playoff spots. The Niners are the one seed right now. They won their division. The Eagles are the two seed. Uh, they have not won their well, they haven't won their division yet, but it looks pretty good for them right now. The Lions have won their division. They're one of two teams to win their division at uh, in the National Football League. There's gonna be six spots left. Uh won their division at eleven and four. They beat the Vikings this past week in a huge game. Uh one that almost left Lions fans pulling their hair out. If any of them those fans have hair, uh, I can confirm my brother does. Um and then the Cowboys, the five seed at the moment, um, 10 and five. They, I, in opinions, they basically have salvaged their division hopes because they do play a tough game against Detroit at home. Dallas is a completely different team on at home and on the road. So keep that in mind. The Bucks right now, the Bucks win on Sunday against the Saints. They'll win the division. Baker Mayfield, division champ. 
Put that in terms. Wow. Just wow. And that'll almost surely make a matchup with the Dallas Cowboys like it was last year. Rams. Uh, Rams just got to keep winning. Same with the Seahawks. Seahawks are probably not going to jump the Rams unless the Rams fall off and the Seahawks catch a couple wins, two wins. If the Rams and Seahawks finish the same record, the Rams are going to be ahead of the Seahawks. So basically those two teams win and are going to be comfortable because they're a game ahead of the Vikings, the Packers, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Bears are still technically in it, but that's a pipe dream. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. And looking at clinching scenarios in this regard, we go to the AFC. Both the Ravens and Dolphins have clinched. The Ravens clinched the AFC North with a win, a win or tie, or a Cleveland Browns loss or tie this Thursday. Baltimore clinches the AFC number one seed and lone first-round bye with home field advantage with a win on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills take on the Patriots. The Bills have 14 different scenarios, but nine of them include ties. So let's go with the five here, okay? Buffalo clinches a playoff spot with a win, a Pittsburgh loss or tie, or a Cincinnati loss or tie. They also clinch with a win, Pittsburgh loss, or Jacksonville loss. I'll take ties out of this right now, okay? But you guys should know. Bills win, Steelers loss, Texans loss, Colts loss. Those three things. The easy scenario is if the Steelers and Bengals lose and the Bills win Sunday, then the Bills make the playoffs. Bottom line. Cleveland, they have they have five really easy scenarios. Cleveland Browns win tomorrow, they make the playoffs. Or if Pittsburgh loses. Or if Buffalo loses. Or if Jacksonville loses. Or if Houston and the Colts lose. One of the easiest scenarios out there. Love it winning in scenarios. You, you put put it matters in your own hands. Jacksonville Jaguars clinch a playoff berth and AFC South with a win and Colts and Texans loss. There you go. Chiefs clinch their division and a playoff berth with a win or a Raiders and Broncos loss. Dolphins clinch their division with a win or Bills loss. Simple as that. On the NFC side, the Rams clinch a playoff berth with a win and Seattle loss or a win plus a Green Bay-Minnesota tie on Sunday night football. So option number one is going to be the, the better one. Philadelphia clinches an NFC East division title, and they would be the first division title back-to-back since the early 2000s when they did it. They went to like four or five straight NFC championship games and went to one Super Bowl only. Um the Eagles would clinch with a win and a Dallas loss or a Philly tie and Dallas loss. So basically if Dallas loses and Philly takes care of business against the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to win the division. Niners clinch number one overall seed and a lone first round by a home field advantage if they win plus a Detroit and Philadelphia loss. Both teams lose and the Niners win against the Commanders. Seattle clinches a playoff spot with a win and a Green Bay and Minnesota tie. All right. Seattle's just got to win out basically. Tampa Bay clinches the AFC, well, not AFC South, NFC South. Both leaders have the same record. Um, Tampa Bay clinches the division with a win or a tie plus Falcons loss. A lot of scenarios this week. A lot of crazy ones. The Bills have 14 of them, five of them regarding wins. But 
yeah, looks pretty wild right now. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll look at a couple of these really big matchups that are coming up. Um, and we're going to, you know, pay a couple bills in the audio world. And you're just going to look at my face for like five seconds. Here we go. All right. We are back on the Bengals Blitz. Let's take a look at some of the top games coming up in this huge weekend of football. Detroit, Dallas, Saturday night, big time game. Um, the Lions have been moving. They've been doing their thing the last couple games, beat the Broncos, beat the Vikings. Uh, offense has been flowing. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, the run game, doing their thing. Jared Goff on the play-action pass. It almost looks like all the receivers are, have just so much cushion in them. They, There's not many defenders around the area. Monterey St. Brown, one of the top five yardage receivers in the National Football League right now. It's, it's a real stat. Um, Jamison Williams has come along, big play receiver. Josh Reynolds been really good. Sam Laporta, the young tight end, has done great things as a rookie. This has been a great cast. Ben Johnson's been been in his bag calling these plays. They're going up against a Dallas defense that has been tested against the run. James Cook went off against them in week 15. The Dolphins did their thing in both facets of the game against the Cowboys, a lower-scoring game, but in some aspects had their way against them, and especially short yardage situations. They've tried to isolate Micah Parsons in, in, uh, in scenarios. He's going to come off of both sides. He's going to be moving around left and right. Detroit's got a great offensive line. They're going to have to stay ready for it. These Dallas corners are aggressive. Stephon Gilmore has been in the league for a long time. Deron Bland's a young guy who has five pick sixes and will try to jump anything that comes his way. Got to stay lurking of that. It's going to be a great matchup. It really is. You look on the other side of it. Dallas Dallas has to play with the lead, okay? Detroit's defense has not been great. It really hasn't since their bye week. But Aiden Hutchinson's got to get some pressure. Brian Branch has stepped up on the back end. Linebacker Alex Anzalone has made a lot of plays the last couple of weeks, and they're going to have to be ready for this multifaceted Dallas offense. CeeDee Lamb has been doing his thing this year. He's been balling. And that's going to be the main focal point. They got to stop on the outside. Tony Pollard in the run game. It's a mixture of both. They have to shut down one aspect and make it a one-dimensional game somehow. That's how Detroit wins this game. Dallas, get pressure on Jared Goff and try to run the football to set up the pass. That's your keys in that. Miami-Baltimore. Tua going into a tough environment. Baltimore Ravens. He threw six touchdowns the last time with the Baltimore. In a huge comeback victory. It was like a 20-plus point comeback victory they had week two last year. So Baltimore's definitely feeling the sting from that one. And they can get some revenge on this and and, and get the number one overall seed in, in the AFC North title with a win. The Dolphins have a lot at stake as well because if they win, they win the division. So both teams have a lot coming into this one. Miami, one of the best running football teams in the National League, National Football League, not National League, not baseball, but Raheem Mostert, great job, 20 total touchdowns, 1,000 
all-purpose yards, rushing yards, whatever. Um, Baltimore, guys like Justin Matabuke, James Urban, uh, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. They got to figure out what's going on with Kyle Hamilton right now. Uh, they got to stop the run game. They got to make – they got to force Tua to throw in tight pressure situations. Tyreek Hill, I mean, uh, unguardable. Unguardable, to say the least. Jalen Waddell has gone through a couple injuries the last couple of weeks, so we're going to see what's going on with him. It's going to be a tough receiving quarter stop. Again, similar with this Lions-Cowboys game, the Ravens have to make the Dolphins one-dimensional. They have to completely shut down one facet of their game and say, hey, try to beat us this way. Let's see. And that's asking for a lot when you're playing against Tyreek Hill. If you're trying to shut down the run game and say, hey, make Tyreek Hill be his over top, okay, cool. So what do the Ravens have to do? Pressure. They have to get added pressure, and they have to be successful with it. Mike McDonald and his scheming blitzes, his simulated pressures, they have to be all-purpose execution this Sunday. And Baltimore's offense, function, just function, you know. Baltimore's lived off turnovers on defense and put the offense in, in good uh, good field position and situations. Lamar Jackson, there's going to be a game where he has to do with his legs. He's going to have to try it. Miami Dolphins defense has, has put some pressure on their opponents the last couple of weeks. Jalen Ramsey's played really well. Um, yeah, the Ravens have to run the football. They run the football. This game's opened up, and I think Baltimore control, controls time of possession, and they can win this football game. Stop the run, run the ball. I thought Baltimore wins the game. Miami, run the ball, open up the whole offensive game, and then make Lamar Jackson second-guess himself. That's how you go from there. Raiders, Colts. Um, if Aiden O'Connell goes 0 for 10 again in the last three quarters of the game, I can guarantee you the Raiders – actually, I can't guarantee you that now because he did it against the Chiefs. I guarantee you that the Colts will make the Raiders pay for it. The Raiders didn't do much on offense at all. They did run the football. I'll give credit. They did a really good job of running the football. Let me look this up over here. The Raiders running back who just who, who went off. Um why why is the name why is the name slipping from my mind? You, Z- Zamir White. Zamir White went he had an awesome game. Awesome game against Kansas City Chiefs. Great job for him. 145 yards rushing on 22 carries. They asked a lot from him, and he delivered. It's going to be a big thing Sunday, running the football against the Indianapolis Colts. They have to help their young quarterback out because Aiden O'Connell has guys like Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker. He's got guys he can throw the football to. There's no shortage of that. Josh Jacobs comes back. We'll see. But Antonio Pierce has had these guys playing really inspired football. The defense, the defense had an absolute master class. They gave up 14 points. Absolute master. Like applause to them. Applause. Because they 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 bought out. Max Crosby had Mahomes shitting down his leg the entire game. I, I don't blame Patrick Mahomes because I looked that scared too of Max with two X's was coming after me. X marks the spot. That's yeah, that's enough because Max Crosby has has been balling, and he he's a game wrecker. He's entered the game wrecker conversation. I think he's already been in it before, but he's he's the game wrecker, and it it just makes the secondary go, makes the linebackers go, makes all that stuff. Robert Spillane's been playing fantastic football. 
the corners have been inspired. It's it's Max Crosby up front, and it's this player's coach, Antonio Pierce, that's done a good job. On the other side for the Colts, Shane Steichen, they got to bounce back. They got to bounce back. They win an emotional game against the Titans, lose to the Bengals. Beat the Steelers handily, lose bad to the Falcons. Bounce back, and if they beat the Raiders... For my circumstances, I hope the Raiders beat the Colts because of playoff scenarios with the Bengals. But nonetheless, they run the football well, open up for Gardner Minshew. Then the Colts are going to have a good chance to win this football game. And they can't let the Raiders' run game get going. It's the same kind of theme for all these games, pretty much. Hey, stop the run, force them to pass and be one-dimensional. Let's get the run game going, and let's open up the pass. That's pretty much all it is right now. Good game Sunday. Saints, Bucks. Um, Baker Mayfield's playing great football. Baker Mayfield just do the literally continue to do the same thing. That's pretty much the game plan right now. The Bucks, whatever they've been doing, wash, rinse, repeat, go ahead. Rashad White, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans. Pretty much do that. Saints, find it. I find it. Because there's a lot of things going on right now. Derek Carr has frustrated a lot of people in the first year with the Saints. He's got to find it. Derek Carr has to find that fire on the last day of 2023 and try to deliver his team a chance to win the NFC South and fight another week. Well, I got to save her that one. Pittsburgh, Seattle. Um, yeah, Seattle, they're one of, I can't remember how many years it's been but they're one of the first teams in a very long time to have two quarterbacks, two different quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks lead game-winning drives. Pretty, pretty impressive. Seattle, young team getting hot at the right time. I thought Seattle would have about 10, 11 wins right now. I thought they'd finish 11 and six this year. They can't. At best, they can finish 10 and seven, which I think they will. I think this Seattle team's getting hot at the right time. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be the main chess piece in this one, the run and pass game. Going to be huge. Uh, opens up guys for DK Metcalf, Jackson's been the jig, but uh, you know, Tyler Lockett. It's going to open things up. Geno Smith. That that offensive line has to protect him. EJ Watts out there lurking. Leader, league leader in sacks. So obviously you got to keep an eye on him everywhere he goes. Alex Highsmith as well. Apparently he can drop in coverage too. Um, but yeah. The Steelers, though, a lot of juice with them right now coming off that win against the Bengals. Screw them, but a lot of lot of juice for them. And Mason Rudolph going to play confident. Going to try to play confident against the Seahawks team. Loud crowd coming up. But the Steelers are in that mode where it's like, hey, they got to go out and ball out because Mike Tomlin's 500 streak is on the line. So keep it if you want. Try it. I don't care. But... It'll be a good game. Very good game. Cincinnati, Kansas City. Ooh, big one. I will be watching this game by myself. Have to. Um, Jake Browning is the Linsanity run over. We'll see Sunday. <laughs> because uh, Jake Browning still threw for 335, but he had three terrible interceptions. I mean, bad. The offense couldn't get moving. They got behind very, very early. Couldn't run the football, throwing. I mean, it was just, you know, it was flinging prayer the whole time. 
they had so many opportunities too. They got to the they got to the plus side of the field at least five times, and I think they had like four four possessions where they got on the plus side of the field and had no points out of them. So, change the scenario of the game, but the Bengals just can't w- lose the turnover battle. They can't, and they have to convert and get points on some of those drives. Have to. Huge game with the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs. I want to play the Chiefs coming off a dub. Not saying they would soften up or anything like that, but the Chiefs are pissed off right now. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all of them. Like, like Trailer Swift took his talent, took Kelsey's talent. Knock on wood for that one. But again, we'll see what happens because the Chiefs know the Bengals are coming to town. They're going to put their A game on. And the Bengals, even though without Joe Burrow, we got it just sucks we don't have this Burrow Mahomes matchup because I think the records would be a lot better right now. Both teams, I think, would have, I think both teams would have literally elevated their play the last couple of weeks knowing that this matchup's coming up. But the Bengals are coming to town. Cam Taylor-Britt's coming back off of injury. Huge addition for the Bengals after losing guys like DJ Readers. Jamar Chase progressing. We'll see if Jamar Chase plays. If he plays, huge. Huge for the Cincinnati Bengals. Chess piece. The chess piece. So I am excited for this one. Um Hopefully I have as much hair as I do right now and I don't pull any out. So, uh, again, great matchup that's been brewing, a rivalry that's been brewing the last couple of years between the, the Bengals and Chiefs. I wish it was Burrow Mahomes, but you get what you get. December 31st, 425 CBS, Nance Romo, Wolfson, there you go. Sunday Night Football, Packers, Vikings. Um, the loser's done. The winner has a chance. That's pretty much what it is. Um, it's in Minnesota. Green Bay's been up and down. Jordan Love has to find a way. Nick Mullins has thrown for over 300 yards in his two starts against the Lions and the Bengals. But Nick Mullins can't keep turning the football over. He's had like six turnovers. I think like six interceptions in the last two games. Can't keep happening. I think they should turn back to Josh Dobbs, but they're throwing the football well down the field. It's just the amount of turnovers that's been going on. Those turnovers are killer. They really are. Drive killers, possession, beaters, everything. Jordan Love and the Packers, this young team has to find a way to pull through night game. They they got to they gotta try to run the football, but they, they got to trust in their guy to make big plays down the field. They have to. Against the Vikings secondary, that is so dependent on their front and Daniil Hunter and the front seven that they have. Ivan Pace Jr. at linebacker has done a really good job from UC. They depend on him so much. They depend on that front seven so much because they blitz so many times, and they know we got to hold him for only two seconds. If Jordan Love's able to get out of the pocket and make plays, it could be a long night for the Minnesota Vikings. If Nick Mullins does not turn the football over, it could be a long night for the Green Bay Packers who won't have Jair Alexander. I'm excited to see which version of SNF this is going to be, as this is going to be like the eighth matchup in 18 years on SNF, the fifth most frequent matchup possible. I'm excited for Week 17. I, I hope the Bengals get their victory. I hope it's a great weekend of football. I just want to see a chance to live the fight another day. But again, I don't make the rules. You either you know hate the player, you don't hate the player, hate the game. I sometimes hate the game at times, but I won't say that publicly. But, you know, I'm excited for Week 17 and what it has to offer. And hopefully the Cincinnati Bengals can get a win. But just enjoying these last two weeks of regular season football. 
you know, and then the playoffs come. And then once Super Bowl is over, you don't get regular season football for seven more months. And just appreciating all the games that are going on and sitting back like, man, it's Sunday. It's football time after church and just kicking it back and relaxing and watching this great American sport that we call football. See you next time.